Lord gave me an interesting message for today. How many had it, how many were here last week? Almost everyone. A couple people weren't. Man, it was it was good, good, good here. Got a little wild at the end, but it's okay. It's okay. When things get get moving things start moving. When God's in the house, things start moving. Isn't that how it should be? Shouldn't really be boring. Shouldn't be, um, you know, we've been here, done that before. I feel like the Lord wants to bring us into a, a new understanding. So I just want to talk to you today on the subject of it's what you're becoming. I want to say this to all of us in the room because it's not about who I am right now. It's not about who you are right now. It's about who you're becoming. And I think we tend to gauge our lives so much upon the, the premise of who we are right now. Because we get very self-consumed with what God's doing in our lives right now. How many, come on, I, I'm concerned about tomorrow. You know, I'm concerned what happens. I, I want to see good results tonight. But I, it's not about what's happening right now. It's about where we're going. It's about where you're going. It's really about where you're going. And I just want to get us in a good perspective on this because it's interesting. You know, I was talking, actually, I, I wanted to mention a couple things about last week because I kept looking for this spot where the angels fed Elijah, and I'm just like, I cannot find it. Well, it's only two chapters later. If I had looked a little further, it was where the angels, they literally brought food to, a, to Elijah. And, and I, there's so much on the provision and the supernatural with that whole thing about 1706. Daniel came up, well, actually texted me during the message. <laughs> I don't usually have my phone in my back pocket because sometimes I'll feel a vibe. But so, but 1706 in the Strong's Concordance is honey. And it's right out of that, that section where we were talking about Ezekiel and, and the, the scrolls and it tasting like honey. It's the revelation of honey. And God, right, he said, dine in. 1706. I don't know. There's got to be something about the date, too. We just haven't found it yet. But, but the reality is God wants us to receive fresh revelation every time we come and dine with him. And so tonight, I just want to encourage you. We're going to continue to talk about Elijah a little. Actually, mostly the whole the whole night, but I, I just have some principles that I feel like the Lord wants to release to you tonight because when the kingdom manifests, God wants to manifest his kingdom inside of you and he wants your desires to be towards the things of the kingdom, but the, there's things that, that, that the Lord needs to work on. Everyone say, I, I'm, I'm a work in progress. <laughs> come on, come on. Right here, you're looking at the biggest work in progress right here in the room. I'm telling you, God's trying to work us into a place. And listen, he, he, he also says this. So there's, right, there's this already then, right? Be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Come on, somebody. Your, your neighbor next to you, he's perfect. 
Ah, you can't handle that. Come on. Someone next to you has already been made perfect. I'm telling you, and it's the perfection of Jesus Christ inside of us. But say, you know, again, you are in process. I'm in process. You're in process. Every one of us is in process. And so when the kingdom begins to uh, manifest and increase, God is after some things. Right? Just nod. Encourage me. Nod. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, he's after things. Like, he, he doesn't want you. The, he wants you changed. He wants you completely transformed. And, and you're, you're working on it with him. Right? But, but the enemy tries to get you thinking and trying to, you to hide the old stuff, the old thinking that challenges you to get out of your past thinking and patterns. Right? So we're talking about renewing the mind today in a little bit, but I, I really want you to see that the enemy is not attacking you for who you are now. Come on, I got an amen out of that. I should just say that all night. It's not who you are right now. It's about who you're becoming. It's about the plans that he has for you, the plans to prosper you and not to harm you. He has plans to wake you up and really make you excited about the things that he has ahead. I promise you. So it's not. It's to prevent you from trying to get to your, 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 next, your destination. And so we all beat ourselves up. Come on. I'm going to get real. I'm going to get in your stuff tonight. It's okay. Right? Because the Lord is wanting to encourage us in this. That's why I read that scripture. Listen, if you just meditate, I've been meditating on that all week. Listen, he wants to establish us. And he wants us to know we're not the only ones going through stuff. <laughs> Go ahead. You can look at the person next to you and say, I know you're going through stuff. Really? Because there, is, there are things... And listen, he's trying to get us out of our, our stuff. And he just wants us to, to just give ourselves over. And so I want you, I just want us to look at some things. And I know this about God. Little, little things, little keys open big doors. And I'm going to give you some little keys tonight so that some big doors get opened. Right? Be careful what's behind the door, though. Because God wants to take you into a new place, but he wants you to leave the old place. And he wants to move us from glory to glory, always, always. And God's revealing who he is in you. And he wants you to know who he is. And he wants you to be strong and established in knowing who he is. Because some of us can't get past the old thinking. And when God tries to come in sometimes, say, Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost, he, he's, he's your best friend. He wants in your business. And he wants to get into stuff that you sometimes are not comfortable with him getting into. And so I, I, I want to exhort us tonight. I want to encourage us tonight that he is the most important revelation that you need in your life. I don't need 17 angels showing up in my house. Well, it'll be good. But, <laughs> but you understand what I'm saying. He is the greatest revelation we could ever have. I'm telling you, when, when, when you see the, these encounters, and we talked a little bit about that in Ezekiel last week, the encounter that he had with the, the, the king of glory, the king of kings, the Lord of lords, was being manifest in such a way before him. And oh, pray for my voice already. I think I blew it up last week, and 
I'm all right. I have one in my pocket. Thank you. But I want you to know that there's a whirlwind of revelation, and it's the whirlwind of Jesus that's being revealed to you right now. But you don't see it. But God's trying to move things around so that you can see it. And, and I believe that, that I, I love this statement. I just want to touch this for a minute. But it says lots of people say this. It, I was going to give it to, I was going to give it to Eric Gilmore, but I know other people have, have said it. So it's, it's less thinking and more drinking. Now, some of that intimidates people. Like, I need to be drunk. No, we need to drink from the deep, deep, deep well of Jesus Christ. If you get drunk, that's a benefit of drinking deep. You're hearing me. And, and, I've, and there's, there's just, I, I think deep drinking in the spirit will give us a, a, a better grid for the realities of what God wants to do in us. And, and less thinking in your natural mind. Here's why I'm saying this, because some of us get so trapped up here that we can't allow the Lord to come in and get the things in our hearts that he's trying to remove and trying to get out of. He's trying to displace things in your heart, the things that are not of him. He's just trying to displace it. He's not condemning you for it. He's not trying to bust you up. But things that we've learned in our childhoods, things that we've learned in, in the past experiences, the way our parents treated us, all I can go through a list, right? The way our ex-husbands, the, this one, that one, you, you can have a list, right? And God doesn't want us to have a list. He wants us to get past the list. And so there's some places where we don't let God, we don't, we're not vulnerable with God, okay? I haven't even got to my scripture yet tonight. But there's a place where the Lord is trying to bring every person in this room where you just become completely vulnerable with Jesus. And he can come in and he can speak to those things that are, that are crowding you. And I'm telling you, it's not about looking. Again, I don't want to introspect. I don't want to get navel-gazing. I don't want to look at all the things that are wrong with us. But there are certain things that hold us back from being fully awake in God. And the Lord's trying to remove those things so that we can step into the fullness. So, so I, just, I just say, and, and, and even this, this thing about the Holy Spirit. <laughs> can I just say that? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, when he shows up in you, when, when you receive a gift of, of tongues. Some of us, some of us are embarrassed to speak in tongues. Now, I'm telling you the truth. Some of us won't even in this, in this way right here. We're all together in one room. We're all in one place and in one accord. <laughs> and and, and, and if, if someone, if Daniel, myself, could be anyone, my wife, would pray in the Holy Spirit. Someone won't, you won't even open up and let the floodgate go. No, I'm, 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 just, I'm just being honest because, and there's some, that's a place because you're embarrassed. Let's just admit it. I don't need, or, 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 the end or. Or you're just being flat out rebellious and you don't want to be in agreement. Well, I don't need to do that. No, it's, if, if, if listen, if that's what the Lord's doing in the room, just join in. What's, what's the fight? Why do you got to fight? And some of you don't even have the Holy Spirit with tongues, and we can take care of that. Now, he can take care of that. 
See, I like what my what one of my pastors used to tell me. He says, "Yeah, man, it's just like a pair of shoes that comes with tongues." You know? It's so good. So I'm saying this to say don't listen, ask yourself this question. I'm going to ask you if I'm talking to you tonight and I'm not listen, it's not anyone cuz I'm pointing this way. I don't know who you are. <laughs> right? But I'm saying this to say If it's you, then ask the Lord. Really, it's a good question to ask the Lord. And this is just one thing. Like, this is what we need to do. This is what you, this is what you stir up the inner man with. It's the Holy Spirit. Well, I don't need to get loud and crazy and Pentecostal. No, this is a loud, crazy Pentecostal church with a little bit of charismaticness in it. My roots are Pentecostal, man. I, I, I was born in the fire. I was born in Zion. Man, those are tongue-talking people. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit wants us to be not ashamed of a heavenly language. I wasn't even going to go here. Why? Did? But he does not want us to be ashamed of a heavenly language that he's given to you. That, talk about drunk. If you just want to be drunk, man, just pray and pray and pray in the Holy Ghost. You'll get drunk. You'll get whacked. And it's not about the whack. It's not about the whack, Damon. <laughs> Listen. I want you to drink deep. This is the, my heart for this church. And as we're growing and increasing in all the things of, of God and in, in numbers, the Holy Spirit wants us to dive in deep. And I'm telling you, deep calls unto deep. And when you do that, when you begin to pray in the Holy Ghost, we, when you begin to allow, listen, not the things around you to mess with you because God is after some stuff. Okay? So don't be embarrassed. And, and God just wants to release. You know why? Because he wants to release the whirlwind of heaven over you. And I'm telling you, when you begin to pray in the Holy Spirit, when, again, I'm going to brag on, on Wednesday night. I just got, there was just such a presence of God that, it, you know, God is wanting to invade. And I loved what Daniel prayed. Daniel prayed this prayer while we were all before the Lord. I was, you know, again, starting to fellowship with mucus. But the prayer was, was saying, admitting to God that we are just in kindergarten. We don't even know how to pray. We don't know how to pray. We have yet to see the fullness of what prayer looks like. And I truly believe that. And it's because we've got things that are trying to clutter us. And when we get into prayer, we, don't hold, we hold back. What I'm trying to get us at is a place where we're not holding back. A place where we're just willing to go for it and nothing's going to get us off track and move us out of the way. But just get in, in the motion with God and just turn to 2 Kings. Because 2 Kings and, and verse chapter 2 and verse 1, and you can just land there because I'm not going to really read it through. But it's, it's the place where there's about to be a transference of anointings. You know, we always want the double-double. How many want the double-double? Yeah, I want the double portion. Give me the double portion. And I, I, I truly, in the new, as a New Testament believer, I don't believe in the double portion. I just believe in the fullness of who he is, right? I mean, we can get a double portion. Don't, 
don't get me wrong, but I'm not settling for a double. I want the whole thing. I want all seven. <laughs> Come on, give me fullness, Jesus. And so I just want you to look at this because God wants us to, to really engage with, with just some of the things I'm going to say. And, and I'm going to go through the four places again because I feel like every time I read this, this portion of Scripture, I get something brand new from God. And that's how it should be. Like the Lord should just continually unroll uh, what, what happens. But it, this is where uh, Elisha is following after Elijah. Elijah's like, you know, he's informed, um, you know, you're going you're gonna to go. It says it came to pass that when the Lord was about to take up Elijah into heaven, that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. And I, I just want to go through these places because there's something that the Lord wants us to see. And he wants us to understand that he wants to take us to new places, right? And so God is in the process. That's why I said to you earlier, listen, it's not about who you are right now. It's about who you're becoming. And the enemy wants to bring all kinds of things at us to, to com condemn us, to to. To, bring, to make our lives shaky, to make our, us question what we're doing, to make us question where we are, where, our, where we landed, what does that look like, and how the whole plethora, like there's a thousand questions. And the Lord wants you to have one thing that you ask. God, come transform me. Just keep coming. Listen, there should be one cry. God, would you just come? Would you just reveal Jesus to me in a greater way tonight? Would you reveal him in a greater way tomorrow? Would you, and, and, and listen, what happens is we begin to ask the Lord the right questions. And I want us to begin to ask the Lord the right questions. Because he wants to open up revelation. When he opens up revelation, it's in, in Hebrew, the Hebrew thinking is it's very circular. It just ends up in another question. And he wants to reveal that question. And when he opens up that question, it takes us to a higher place. And we go higher and higher and higher in, in spiritual thinking. What we don't want to do is think like Greeks, which had linear thinking, and they just went from A to B to C to D. And it gets you nowhere. It gets you in the same circle and never going up. Why do I say that? Because knowledge puffs up, and I'm saying knowledge, knowledge thinking you know what you need. I'm not even talking about intellect, like God's given people in this room great intellect, great minds, and I, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the things that we talk ourselves out of, or we, or we begin to doubt and bring unbelief in our lives. We begin to, uh, to sabotage where God's bringing us because we ask. We don't ask questions. Actually, we try to ignore the questions. And we don't want to go any further with him. So uh, Gilgal, I just want to talk to you a minute, a minute about this. And this is a turning point. It's actually a very significant place. And everyone in this room, every day, we have, we have the Lord asking us things. And, and we're at turning points. You're like a hinge pin. Are you going to open the door or are you going to close the door? And I don't know why the Lord gave this to me like this. It just came out. But it, the, the Gilgal actually means he's rolling away the reproach. It's awesome. Gilgal is a place that, that just it signifies a place where the reproach is being rolled away. That means resurrection life. That means God's moving the stone out of the way, moving everything that gets in the way. He's moving it out of the way if we want it. 
But this is why I bring us to a turning point, because God brings us to a point where we have to ask, say, what am I doing now? Am I following you this way, or am I going that way? Because right here, Elisha, just like at the, at, at the beginning, when he was called out, what did he do? He threw his mantle on him in the field, and he had a choice. I will either take the mantle, or I'll take the plow. Come on, the Lord is trying to get us, and, and listen, the, the plow is everything that we know. The plow is, is where, what, what, it can be our profession, but I think, it, I think it signifies everything that we've known in the past. It's our old life. It's God trying to get us uh, separated from that, and he always throws, can I say this, he's always throwing a mantle to you. He's always throwing and saying, will you come follow me? He's always saying that. And I, and I feel like whatever you're deciding now is what you're moving towards or what you're moving away from. Are you hearing me? Listen, whatever you choose, turning point, I'm choosing to go this way or I'm choosing to go that way. It's either where you're moving towards. It, it, it's two places. You're moving towards something that, that should be God's, right? You want God's purposes and presence. You want all of him. So it should be the thing that's leading you to him. But sometimes we're making choices that move us away from that. And I'm, I'm, I'm pleading with you tonight. Don't. Don't. Don't make that choice. Don't choose the things that continue to pull you away or continue to, continue to keep you in, in a place of, of apathy or, or continue to keep you in a place where you don't, you don't ask the questions to the Holy Spirit. God wants to answer questions. The problem is we don't pray and ask the question. Because I'm telling you, he wants to reveal and he wants to speak to you. Instead, we're getting counsel from every other thing and every other place. And I'm telling you, God wants to bring you into a place where you receive his counsel. But you, when he speaks to you, it's so crazy. I, I can even put this in, in, in ministry because when I, I can tell people what to do. Oh, what are you going to do now? What do you want to do? Because usually it's you counseling you. Because I can give... You can give anyone an answer, and it can be the, the right-on, spot-on answer, but then they choose to do something completely opposite, and you have no control over that. I, you understand what I'm saying? So turning points. God is so concerned about the hinge point. He wants the door to be open or shut. He's looking for you to open doors to him and close the doors to things that don't matter. No, I mean they don't matter. Or things that are drawing you away, that go, you go down a hallway that you can't come back up. And I'm telling you, there's divine order in the questions. And God wants us to live in this place where he begins to open things up. So Elijah, Elijah, Elijah released the opportunity for more questions to Elisha. Well, God wants to take you, and then how hungry are we to move in the direction God wants you? Because it really always comes back to hunger. It's not a matter of, I never think it's a, an issue of, of whether I want to go uh, in, a, in a direction. I always say, how hungry am I to do what God's saying? 
Because some of us desire certain things, but we don't change anything to move in that direction. It's a turning point. God's got you at a turning point. And so he died not so that I could just live a, a mediocre life. I, every believer in this room, you're listening to me, he didn't, he didn't die so that you and I could just live a mediocre life. He died so that you could be a world changer. I, I, I don't care. That's everyone in this room. I think we just utilize what we want. Are you hearing me? We only go so far down the road. God's calling you way down the road, and we decide to step into this a little bit, and then, well, I don't know. You, God wants you to step into it fully. And I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying anything that, that any single thing that we do as a profession or, or, or our lives means is insignificant. I'm not saying that. What I am saying that God's calling us to a, a much higher place and he's calling us into the divine partnership with him that will bring us to change the earth. Listen, look at, look at, look at, even this weekend, right, we, got, we had this massive gathering, 100,000 people in Washington, D.C. Not one network news thing put it up. It's messed up, guys. It's really messed up. The only way you would have heard about it is if you're on social media. It's crazy. But listen, we can be intimidated by that or we can bright, burn brighter. And I choose to burn brighter. Don't you? I, I just want to burn so bright that, you know what? That we're just changing things all around us. That we begin to step into things that the Lord, we don't even know. He has so much higher for you. And we always settle. I'm encouraging you tonight. Not condemning you. I'm saying, listen, God has a much higher place for you. He wants to draw you up. He wants to draw you in a higher place. He wants to, just like Elijah was caught up in a whirlwind, he wants to catch you up into that whirlwind. Why? Because God wants to reveal himself in a cleaner, brighter, beautiful way. So that we can ascend into heights that we've never been before. So then he goes on, he says, and I'm just going to run through these because he went to Bethel. And Bethel, we know what it's called. It's the house of bread. It's the place where fellowship happens. And when you look all through scripture, I can give you a ton, a ton of other illustrations. What happened in Bethel? It was always a meeting place with God. And God, listen, here, here's what I'm saying. When it goes back to the turning point. How we meet God depends on our turning points. It's a place of impartation, and it's a place of vision. And I believe, I personally believe, how we respond to the turning points in our lives I'm going to bring it. It's going to reel back because how I respond to God in certain areas of my life where I'm asking questions and I want to go in the right direction depends on the revelatory realm that I think he opens up to us. I, I do. I do, think it's, I do think that it has something to do. There's something that has to do with opening that door to widening that door because I make the right decision to position myself so that when God says, Kier, I'm coming to meet you, not that he won't meet me anyway. He's going to meet you. But he says, he'll say this, if, I, if you just want to settle for that, you can have that. If you just want to comp 
compromise in your thinking this way and compromise, let's just put it down. I'm not talking about secret sin. I'm talking about compromising the Lord's integrity of who he is, of who, what you believe about him, about what you think it looks like, what the expression looks like. I'm telling you, there's tons of things where we compromise God in our relationship. <laughs> I'm just being honest. I know because the Lord, I go through these questions in my own, how far am I going? How far am I, I going to step into it further? What does that look like? Okay, we're going to have this one come. Okay, we'll have that one come. That, you know, who, wh what's happening? God wants to bring us into a place where we are full on. I, I know I say this every week, but he wants us a in a place where we are full on. Like, and I'm realizing I don't have to worry about any one of you. I mean, I do. But I don't have to worry about what your response is. I'm just obedient to what I do and what I'm called to do. And the, and the rest is the Lord's, right? Because I'm going for it. I'm going one place. I have one trajectory. It's glory. It's presence. It's power. It's, it's mass revival. It's, it's, come on, evangelism. It's whatever it looks like. I'm like, God, I'll take it. We'll take it all. And I'm not slowing down. Listen, I, you... If you want to slow down, I'll pray. <laughs> I'll just pray. There's no need to slow down. And when, we, when we're moving in the presence and we're moving with the grace of God, listen, I, my desire is, I, that's it. That's all my prayer. My prayer life lives around hunger. God, would you, would you make me more hungry? And Lord, when I'm more, when, as I burn and I, I begin to shine, Lord, you're going to make everyone else around me more hungry. And Lord, would you bring in the hungry ones? Would you, and would you revive the ones that are sleeping? Would you revive the ones that are sleeping? Would you wake up the ones that are sleepy and just want to settle? Would you just wake them up so they see? It's like you can't, sometimes we can't see. That we're even apathetic. We think we're okay. Well, what do you want me to do? Cut my wrist? No. No, I'm saying this because I look at I look at this whole thing with Elijah and the provision. I'm just it blew up in my face this afternoon as I'm going through it again because I realized that he went from getting fed by ravens to being fed by angels, and the angels didn't just say. They didn't just go and tap him. The, actually, the first time the angel comes, it's a strike. <laughs> the second time, it's a tap. I looked it up. I was like, what? He struck him. The angel struck Elijah to wake him up and say, hey, wake up. Why are you hiding? Why are you mourning under a juniper tree after you just slayed all the prophets of Baal like I told you? <sighs> Why are you mourning? It's called prophetic depression. I no 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 no. 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 Get up, Elijah, and eat. Because I'm bringing you to Horeb. I'm bringing you to the mountain of God. And you're going to need this food, he brought, there was a cake from an angel and a jug of water. It's, may I wake up this week with a jug of water and a, a cake and a strike. Come on. 
I'm reading this, and, and it's not a fairy tale. It's the Word of God. It's truth. It is the truth. This is the truth. This is a true story with real angels and real ravens and real cakes and real meat from the king's table. And Jesus wants to release empowerment and strength in this place. He wants to establish us in the wonder of God. He wants to establish you in the wonder and the awe of God. Like, I have to be, I have to be honest. When I announced Michael healing and, and, the, and the, the cells being completely fused to the other cells, I, and I got almost a golf clap. And I'm like, What? Like, the God of glory healed my brother-in-law. As I'm sure of that. Like, yeah, he had treatment. But he could have been sick and not made it. Because someone, I told you the testimony, there was one that did this and one that did that. What did we do? We were obedient and sent a prayer cloth. And he wore it in his back, in the, in the front pocket. That's all we did. And I believe, I believe, I believe that the God of miracles wants to release more to every person, every person we're believing for to get healed. It's, we're not, listen, I don't stop and I don't downplay. You have to look at what God is doing and rejoice in it. Because if it's just, oh, that's nice. You need to discover, we need to discover, you need to discover who he is. Because this is what despondency and apathy just brings. Because here, here's what he did. He gets fed by the angels, and he says, go, this will take care of you for 40 days. Like, think of that. 40 days, and go to the mountain. And what happens in the mountain? Whirlwinds, explosions, rocks blowing up. But the Lord's voice isn't in that, no. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, God's saying something. If the mountain's exploding, I think something's up. He's bringing us into a place where we trust him and he brings us to the next thing. And in that place, he said, go, anoint. Well, he said, anoint Jehu. He said, go anoint Elisha to take care of all that they need to take care of in this hour. And the first point he found was Elisha. So we need to discover who he is and who he made you. Because here's, here, herein lies the problem. We don't know who he is and we don't know who we are. I'll speak it differently. God's coming to you so you know who he is and you really know who you are. The Lord wants to come in a new realm to you. And he wants you to know who you are and what you've been called to do and how you've been uh, pulled into this amazing uh, relationship with him that brings you, draws you close. So you can't stop seeking. You can't stop finding. You can't stop knocking. You continually look for the Lord. Or as Paul said, you grope till you find him. Like Daniel Kalenda says, you go down the screen, go down the, 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 
until you find a hole. And God wants to pull you into that place. The curtains of heaven want to be opened for you. So he wants you to bring, bring you into discovery of who he is and who he made you. He wants you to bring you into discipleship. To bring you into wholeness. Men and women functioning well. Functioning well as adults. <laughs> as children of the Most High. Functioning well. Like able to do everything God's called us to do. Not because of the calling on your life to go do ministry, because of the calling on your life to what, do what you, he's called you to do in every aspect, as fathers, as mothers, as sons, as daughters, as aunts, uncles, as, as professionals, as ministers, as whatever it is, as business owners, as employees, doing the best I can and just being light where I am. Right? Because there's a divine place that he wants to kick us into. Where we shine brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter. So he wants you to know that and then he wants you to be sent with mission and purpose. Because our lives have to have, come on, God doesn't call you to be a jellyfish that floats around the ocean. No, I'm, I'm saying this because the reality is we just feel like sometimes we're just floating and God wants to plant you. And he wants to establish you. And he wants to bring you into a place where now you're, you're walking in wholeness and, and functioning well with the Holy Spirit in power. And he's bringing you into wholeness, right? And the fullness and the breath and the glory of God is propelling you into the places you need to go and the places you're called. And, and it's, it's basically, listen, God wants to life coach you on steroids, Listen, if God was your life coach, you'd be doing something. If you listen to everything he said, which he is your life coach, ultimately. I'm not much into life coaching, but discipleship needs to look like life coaching. We need to help people to develop and be, you know, who they're called to be and to step into place and function. Everyone, function. Function well. And allow the Spirit of God to come and then blow. Blow his wind on you. So that you're functioning in all he's called you to. Number three is Jericho and it's warfare victory. Jericho, we know the story of Jericho, right? Joshua went down to Jericho. But I just want you to see one major thing because it's not, Joshua had to fight and he had to do a lot of things. But the reality is... <laughs> That was Old Testament, and I do believe in the grace and the rest of the New Testament, but there is still a picture of this, even in Joshua, and the first major victory that they had. He, it says that he received instruction from the Lord on what to do to march around the city and then blow the horns. They didn't fight with anything. Boom, the walls came down, done, in. Then they fought, I'm sure. But the reality is, God has instructions for you that will take care of all the warfare. It will bring you into an ease with things that are fighting you and resisting you. If you're listening to heaven, it won't happen. You believe me? I'm telling you, I feel like there's a resistance 
in the spirit when we, when we, when we, God is trying to pull us into a place of complete victory always. Hello? And we're living from the supernatural so that you begin to see breakthrough and you have keys for victory. God wants to give you keys to unlock and keys to victory. Some, in, intercession, when we intercede and we pray, we get keys that will break things open. When we, ha- when we pray, let's not call it intercession. It sounds like work. When we pray, God will give you keys to bring breakthrough and open things up around you. I do believe that. And you're, you're walking in spiritual authority. Not in witchcraft, but spiritual authority. Witchcraft is this. You take authority, and it happens all the time in church. Witchcraft. It's false spiritual authority. It's where you try and manipulate people to do what you want them to do. That's witchcraft. That's all it is. It's manipulating people to do what you want them to do. If you do it at home, don't do it. If you do it anywhere else, (laughs) don't do it. If you do that, and some of us do it unknowingly, we just do it, and we don't even realize we're doing it. God wants to break it off the church. How, how are we setting the rest of the world free from witchcraft when the Holy Spirit is not even free to do what he needs to do in the midst of, of, of the congregation? So are you walking in true spiritual authority? And I think true spiritual authority comes from one place. It comes from Jesus, obviously. But the more time, the more time, the more intimate time I spend with him, the more corporate time I spend with him, but mostly the intimate place, mostly the times when I'm set apart and I'm living in the presence of God and I'm moving with him and I'm listening. This is why I say when you get an instruction from the Lord, it opens doors. Small keys open doors. So it it also will close doors, right? Because if stuff's coming at you and you hear heaven and God wants to speak, he's speaking loud, but you're not doing what he says. Obedience. He's giving you a key open. Or he's giving you a key shut. Right? That's why it was said to Peter, listen, I give you the keys. I give you the keys. He gives spiritual, true spiritual authority to the church if we would just stand up and walk in it. Part of the reason why America's in the way they are, in the shape they are in right now, we're all in. In this together. Things I never want to hear again. Just because of the way, the context, the context, the narrative. Okay? Because we're in this together. Right? We're in the kingdom together. Listen, if the world, if if what the world is just declaring, if the church would just get it, we're in this together. That means that I can't do anything on my own. Obviously, I need Jesus, but I need all of you. I need a corporate anointing to bring breakthrough. Why do we got to gather together? (laughs) Don't forsake. Don't forsake. Don't forsake. The walls of Jericho drop because of divine instruction. Right? Okay. Okay. Hitting the last one. And then I have one more. 
kind of. Jordan. And this is great. I love this place. It's the place of cleansing. <laughs> Who was the one baptizing in repentance at the Jordan? Are you all right? Yeah, yeah. John the Baptist. That would be the guy. The one that was preparing the way for the Lord. I'm making sure y'all are awake now. Come on. I'm going to start reciting half of my message to you, so make sure you're awake. What happened with Naaman at the Jordan? Actually, he got offended. He said, why is this prophet telling me to go heal down at the nasty Jordan River? Sometimes he wants to bring you to an offense so he can heal you. <sighs> That's good. You should just take that. If it, you know, Really, sometimes he's trying to get at us and, and test our hearts so that we'll just get healed and set free from that stuff. I promise you. And, and the Jordan just speaks of this place of cleansing and preparation because that was it. It was there. It was there. John the Baptist dunking, 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 pointing towards another. He said, I'm, it's not me. It's him. It's, it's, it's Jesus, the, the, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And, and it's not anything about us, right? So there's two things I want us to look at because when he went to the Jordan, this is where it all went down. This is where the transfer happened. Why? Because he was obedient to follow him to the end. And so obedience, it brings authority. It brings God's authority. Listen, when we're obedient to God's authority, part two of that is, and I don't do this for self-serving reasons, but it's the truth. I've watched it over and over again in my own life. When we're obedient to those who are in spiritual authority over us, something is unlocked. Right? You hear my heart. It's not to get you to do what, I, what I'm asking you to do. It's like, when, because there's safety under that. I, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent sometimes, there is safety under it. And it's not to be under, oppressed. <laughs> no, no. It's about spiritual authority moving in the room properly. Because sometimes, it get, you, know, you know when you're in a room and there's no authority. And it's chaos. Come on, it was a little bit of chaos last week. But it's all right. It's all right, right? Because the enemy wants to come in and test and push buttons and try and see what he can do and see what he can get away with. And, and I always think, like, when the enemy shows up at a meeting, that means we're doing something good, right? You know, we want everyone to be free. I want everyone to be free. If they don't want to be free, that's a choice. That's a choice. So the Holy Spirit wants to do that, right? So it's honoring spiritual authority, right? in our lives will promote and will receive upgrades. It's not because of political stuff. <laughs> you get it? All right. Just, I don't want anyone to take this wrong because I really believe that. I really believe that spirit, the, the, the honoring part, when we honor God, when we honor those around you, come on, if you honor those around you, something begins to happen. When there's a culture of honor, not just a book, culture of honor. I'm talking when there's a culture of honor, when we honor one another, when we begin to honor one another, there's something that's activated in the atmosphere and spiritual fervency begins to take place. And there's, there's peace and there's reconciliation and there's all kinds of things that you can't even explain, right? So I want you to see that the cloak of, of Elijah's garment was this It's a unique process that I watched. I'm thinking the anointing was falling, right? And it was being tossed to Elijah. And I talked about this before. But when he made that decision to follow him, remember what Jesus said. He said, no one who puts his hand to the plow 
and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. That's kind of strong, Jesus. Like if I decide I'm, I'm just going to have a double mind on that, I'm, what happens? Come on, you just repent and go the other way. That's all. But the reality is that God's saying, listen, after you follow me, just follow me. Just follow me and follow me into the goodness and the incredible things I have. Follow me into that place so that you see what's happening. So I just, there was another thing, just a whole thing about this garment thing. Because the, it was the talith. It was, remember, it, remember it said this. It said about Elijah, when he was on the top of the mountain, he put his head, he, he wrapped his face with his mantle. And it was, what, it was the talith, right? It was the, it was the, it was the prophet. It was what every good Jewish boy had, right? Come on. He, he put it around his head, and he began to hear the still, small voice of God. And so let me just propose to you something fresh tonight. That Jesus himself, the woman who had an issue of blood for, what was it, 12 years? The Bible says that she, that, that he, that she went and she pushed in. She pushed in. It, it was unlawful for what she was about to do to, to happen, but she pushed in and pushed through, and she touched what? It said, it said the hem of his garment. It's actually the word is. It's the talith. It's the, it's the very prayer shawl that Jesus had. Oh, come on, somebody. And when it touched her, she was instantly healed. And so this is a picture of the church right now. Us, 12 years, apostolic ministry. Come on. The apostolic church coming in, pressing in. We're broken, we're busted up, we're bleeding. we got all kinds of bloody messes. <laughs> We've got all kinds of things going on. In the reproductive organs. We can't, we can't, we can't reproduce properly. And I just saw the Lord saying, if, if the church would just press in, and press past all the other noise, all the other things. If every one of us would just press past the other noise, because that's what stops us from going forward. We hear the noise of our, either our past or, or our present that stops us from moving forward. I'm telling you tonight, this is something that the Lord wants to do in you. That there's old thinking, that there's old ways that he's trying to just totally dismiss out of our lives. You've been trained in ways that God's trying to remove them so that you can actually move in faith. Come on, I'm feeling, can you help me? Just, you don't have to sing. I just, I'm asking the Lord, we're going to ask the Lord right now for an understanding of the power of touching his garment. We can go, I, I can go back over all those principles, but the main, the main, the main thing is, right? Yeah, I have to make a choice, right? I have to make a choice to step that way or that way. I have to decide that I'm doing something purpose. I need to be intentional with what I'm doing with God. The days, listen, guys. I believe we're coming in. It's so good because 
We've, we've got the Day of Atonement right now. That's perfect. It's perfect because we should have maybe done communion even tonight. But the reality is that he atoned for everything. That his blood healed me of everything where I was lacking. His blood. It was his sacrifice that brought me into a place where I could receive everything like nothing, the divine nature of Jesus Christ in my life. His divine nature. But it doesn't just come by standing by and passively and, and not engaging with him. And I'm ta- I know, I know, everyone in here is in this place. And I, I want to believe tonight that God will move us past. Listen, I, I want even in my own life, even in my own ways, I'm saying, God, I don't want any more distraction. I don't want to think about what people are thinking. I don't want to think about what others' opinions might be. I don't want, I don't, I just don't want to care. Not to be insensitive, but to move past and into the place where I touch him and I'm healed instantly. And I, the miraculous power of heaven touches my life. Because as As sons and daughters, we're easily dragged away, dragged back, dragged into thinking, old places. And God wants to move you into the safe place under the blood of Jesus. It defies, it breaks, it wakes. So stand with me. Let's just stand. I'm going to pray. Just receive from Jesus. So, Father, we thank you. Lord, I thank you. Jesus, you're the only one. You're the only one that can bring us into a place of complete restoration, body, mind, spirit. Lord, as we contend, see, sometimes there's a contending, and the contending's one in prayer. So God, I ask right now that you release any place, Father, right now. We're asking, Father, for the place of turning. Lord, that we step into the place where we open ourselves up and step through the door. Lord, we move in the direction you're calling. I 
ask that you open us up, every one of us. Go ahead. You can pray in the Holy Spirit. Just pray in the Holy Spirit. Probably do you good. Probably do me better, but just pray in the Holy Ghost. Yeah, just pray. Pray. Because there's the vitality of heaven that the Lord wants to break wide open over our lives. And it, it, it comes by the Spirit. So that it's not by the wisdom of man. It's by the, by the Holy Spirit. It's not by my own right thinking. It's by the Holy Spirit. So, Lord, bring us into a place of encounter. Lord, thank you that you want to break open whirlwinds of your presence all around every person in this place tonight. Lord, would you help us? Would you bring us into a place where we allow you to come in and open up and step into places. Keep praying, keep praying. Don't stop, don't stop, don't stop. I'm going to pray while you guys are praying. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Lord, where, you op where we open doors to you, where you want in, we don't, we don't hide any areas. We open the wide doors and allow you to come in, and we make these decisions, intentional decisions, to step into a, a brand new place with you. Oh, we're defined not by what we've done in the past, not by how we've looked in the past. We're defined by what you've called us to be. And so I declare over everyone in this place, Father, tonight, that the Spirit of God would begin to engraft, engraft a a, just a, a defining moment tonight where we would see who you created us to be and we would see who you are, creator of the universe the one that's high and lifted up, the one whose train fills the temple. And, Lord, we reach out to touch the train tonight. We reach out to touch your garment tonight, God, to receive, to receive. Lord, I'm praying right now. I'm asking you, God, tonight that you'd empower this church Father, you'd empower this body. You'd increase, Father, hunger, Lord. I declare tonight that we would live in this place, Lord, where we would be defined by who you've created us to be and what that looks like. Lord, every person in this place, we ask, Lord, I ask for definition. I ask, Father, for, for opening. Father, I thank you for the place of cleansing and purging and preparation. And, Lord, move us beyond that. Move us beyond that. Move us beyond that.